Hello and welcome to episode number one of the Red Iron Retail Roundtable. I'm Jim Roddy, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. In this episode, we're raising the question, should retailers fear or embrace cloud migration? And lucky for you, providing the answers to that question will be two retail technology experts. First, Jeff Patterson is a 20-year veteran of Red Iron Technologies, where he serves as the CTO, Chief Technology Officer. Hey, Jeff, great to have you here. Hey, Jim. Yeah, welcome. Glad to have you. Our second expert is Barry Egerter, Red Iron's COO, Chief Operating Officer. He's been part of the Red Iron team for nearly six years and has worked in the retail technology industry for many years beyond that. Looking forward to talking with you, Barry. Absolutely, Jim. Thanks for having me. Sure. So to our viewers, if you're not familiar with Red Iron, they're a multi-vendor systems integrator that helps retailers implement, extend, or maintain any major retail software system. Red Iron is forging retail innovation and solving retailer pain points through technology. For more information on the company, you can visit RedIronTech.com. And for more information on cloud migration for retailers, keep listening. So, well, gentlemen, since this is the first episode of our podcast, can each of you take a minute to introduce yourself to our viewers, share a little bit uh, about your background? Jeff, first, please. Sure. So um, at Red Iron, I'm essentially responsible for product development, um, R&D, and our strategic roadmap. So this topic is, uh, is pertinent for me. Great. Thank you. And Barry, uh, a little bit about your background. Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a multi-time entrepreneur. I've had several startups of my own, uh, all in tech. I've been a software developer for over 35 years and uh, have specialized primarily in retail, although I've been in other industries as well. So for Red Iron, I bring in uh, a multitude of viewpoints on how different businesses, architectures can be delivered. And, uh, you know, with retail as a specialty, I've been involved with retail for at least 10, 15 years. Got it. Great. And just so everybody knows where you guys uh, dialing in from, Jeff, where are you know, we're in the, the COVID age. So most people working from home, people can see not in the same room. Where are you dialing in from? Um, London, Ontario, Canada. Where I've Great. been for 20 years. Wonderful. And Barry? Yep, I'm the same. So I'm part of uh, a big part of our core team. Red Iron is, is primarily based in London. Uh, so we're in the a two-hour window from Toronto for those who don't know where London is specifically. Uh, but we also have resources uh, around North America. We have scattered resources that uh, permanently work from home and uh, work remotely, as well as our core here in London. So London serves mainly as our hub for our software development, quality assurance teams. And then we have uh, others scattered around for uh, project management and uh, executives and we also have uh, support teams in Salt Lake and in India and across North America. So we're, we're scattered. We're used to this environment uh, of getting online and talking, uh, and that's pretty much how we do our day to day. So it's it's very familiar. Great, and I can <clears throat> excuse me. I can tell you that I know where London, Ontario is because I am in Erie, Pennsylvania. So. Mm-hmm. right across uh, Lake Erie. And so the reason I know as a kid, our public broadcasting was always serving Erie and London. I remember as a kid, like London, England, like that's a heck of a broadcast uh, signal, but no, right across the lake. And of course, we both have teams in the Ontario Hockey League, the Erie Otters uh, and the London Knights. So we'll, we'll avoid talking hockey because that uh, tends to be a pretty intense rivalry because those have been two of the 
the right. better teams uh, in the league. We can talk about that after we after we stop recording. So well, let's talk about the cloud. And so Jeff, if you can start us off, you know, we want to make sure we're speaking, you know, from the same on the same page uh, as our audience. So what's your definition of the cloud as it pertains to retailers today? And then how did we get here uh, from what the cloud is in 2021? Right. So yeah, it's important that we put some bright lines around these definitions because you know there there is a lot of there's a, there's a lot of things that could be considered cloud that that I don't put in that category for analysis purposes so in my view i mean retailers have software deployed in at least sort of three categorical locations they're either in the store they're in the data center or they're in the cloud and so what i define as the cloud is platform as a service i don't make distinctions between software infrastructure and platform as a service it's all i'm delegating the responsibility for maintaining my systems to someone else and so that's sort of what i look at as the cloud is is not just i'm doing remote computing but i'm actually the responsibility for maintaining and um and ensuring the security of that infrastructure is delegated to someone else so that's what i consider the cloud um, how do we get here? Um, primarily, um, cloud in retail has been driven by e-com. Um, so a lot of people for a long time had this sort of bifurcated uh, environment where they had, you know, a rich cloud environment and then a sort of um, heavy uh, legacy environment that was much more sort of in the stores and in their data center. And we're in the middle of a migration now where some of those systems are sort of moving to the cloud as uh, opportunistically. So, you know, what's lagging moving to the cloud is like legacy and in-person sales, but, um, you know, e-commerce and CRM and some um, payment integration sort of blaze the trail. So that's sort of how we got here and what I look at as the cloud. Great, thank you. Barry, what would you add to that from a definition and from a, a progress standpoint? Yeah, and I think that's that's interesting. The, you know, Jeff and I had, had thought about cloud in many different ways, and uh, it creeps into infrastructure throughout because now it's also possible to consider your your uh, on-premise environment as part of a cloud. But that's why we're we're terming it as everything that would run in someone else's environment uh, and be hosted there. So it's it's easier to put a box around it that way. Um, and and you know, in terms of how we got here. You know the need for efficiency, uh, the 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 challenges with putting software out into a as Jeff said a bifurcated environment. It's just it's not fast enough pace for retailers to be able to keep up with demand for change. And I think the situation we're in right now is a good example of that. With COVID, you know businesses have had to react quickly and you know in the past there wasn't that that's quite that sense of urgency but still the competitive nature of the environment and the ability to, to service your customers with an ongoing uh, engagement means that you need to be able to react fast and cloud is one of those things that have really you know, put that into the realm of possibilities because it takes away a lot of the heavy lifting that the retailers have to do for infrastructure and for software and services rollout uh, it also puts a lot of retailers in an unfamiliar place as far as managing that. So you're looking for a third party or some partner to be able to help you. And then if you're doing your own homegrown or your own data center uh, version of that infrastructure, you're different from everyone else. 
And then when you're working with vendors and doing software rollouts, it's more complex because you have custom systems or custom uh, infrastructure in place that they have to work with. So cloud sort of abstracts all that and makes it more streamlined to say, don't think about that part. Uh, you, you can get there through through someone else's services, someone else's hosting and management of that uh, that challenge, and focus on more of the business needs. So I think you know how do we get there? It's it's really all those things combined that are pushing that. And cloud is being serviced in other industries as well. So it's really you know just an opportunistic uh, approach to get retail into the cloud and as well as everything else that's leveraging that infrastructure. Yeah, and you could see like retailers having their hands on the reins and like holding it really, really tight, loosening up very, very slowly over time. But as you mentioned with COVID, COVID was an accelerant for a lot of things. If your business was struggling, it accelerated that demise, right? But like, just like you said, the, the transition to the cloud, it made retailers loosen up a lot because they had to, right? They had no other choice uh, because they couldn't do uh, everything on premise. Right. So, well, thanks to both of you for, for spelling that out. I'm curious if you can talk about and, and, and inform our viewers and listeners, where do you think we are in the cloud migration process, right? Is this still, even though we've made some progress, is this still the beginning? Barry, if you can take that one first, please. Yeah, and I think that's, a, that's an interesting question. It, it varies from one retailer to the next. So, you know, the, where we are in the migration, I think we're, we're migration is an interesting term. What are we migrating, right? So. It's more of a transformation. And really what we're saying is we're taking a legacy infrastructure or a legacy application or platform and moving where that is hosted and how the data is exchanged between the various endpoints. So where are we in that process? It's, it's really from one retailer to the next varying degrees. Uh, you know, most, most retailers with an e-com environment are already in the cloud by nature of an e-com system. Uh, that could still be hosted on-prem, uh, but most of them are in a cloud. Uh, software as a service is another one of those uh, things that are really, you know, taking a migration away from where it's it's not deploying something locally, it's deploying software as a service in a cloud environment and then just subscribing to it, uh, right? So I think different retailers are different stages of that process. And what's really beneficial is for someone who still has their back office or their HQ kind of functionality still in an on-prem environment, you have that very specific cluster of hardware and, and infrastructure you have to manage and maintain. And sometimes that's very dated. So moving that kind of environment to the cloud is where you know there's a big benefit uh, to get it into a standardized environment and offload a lot of that responsibility. So it varies. You know, my my own personal belief is that you know, the, the one location, one uh, register kind of store environment probably operates mostly off a very lightweight uh, uh, point of sale and, and business solution that is likely web-based and e-com driven. Um, and uh, they're already mostly in the cloud because it's a smaller scale and easier to do so. I would also think that from what I've seen and heard, the larger retailers have by, by necessity put their infrastructure systems into the clouds because it's more scalable. And it's somewhere in between that there's still a lot of businesses that have to do that migration that either haven't been forced to do so because of you know the nature of their, their size or their business, uh, or the infrastructure is, is just unique enough that it's, it's complex and they haven't got there. So it's, it depends on the retailer we're talking about, but that's, that's really it. We're not at the beginning. 
it's definitely not the beginning. There is a lot of software already in the cloud, uh, but we're not near the end either. There's a, there's so much that can happen over the course of time that uh, it's going to take a lot of time and effort for uh, systems integrators and software vendors to to do that migration and get where they need to be. Got it. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying that. And I do remember back at what I guess I would consider the beginning, like all sorts of the fundamental questions in terms of people saying, how do I access this? Where's the data? Right. It was almost like early on in the Internet age, right? People didn't understand where is all this stuff going to go? Where am I getting it from? But as we become more savvy with our phones and just everything being on the Web, it was just a more natural uh, progression. And so, yeah, definitely not the end, uh, not the beginning, somewhere in between. Jeff, what would you add to this in terms of the cloud migration uh, uh, process and and where you think we are? Yeah, I mean, I think when the question is, is this the beginning? I think the the thing that pops to your head is, well, what is the end? And I don't think we're even to where that end is uh, visible. I mean, in in terms of looking forward and how technology is going to transform the way we do business, I mean, we haven't even I mean, blockchain is still on the horizon. I mean, I think that we're going to be going through a period of great convergence in terms of um, architectural models and and platform hosting. So I think it's it, we're not at the beginning, but we're. I, I don't think the end is ever going to be here. So I'd say we're maybe at the end of the beginning. You know, we've got our terms settled. We know sort of what the next period looks like and people sort of are making tentative steps to get their business there. But I'd say if the measure is, I mean, I'm doing all my computing on infrastructure that is provided for me, then I think that as a measure of where I am on the cloud transformation process, I'd say we're probably not quite halfway. Um, There's a lot of legacy and systems that are not terribly amenable to cloud computing that are still existent out there that need to be thought through and moved uh, carefully. Also, the cloud providers, I think, are going to be, um, you know, the, the, the functionality that you can find right now in on the cloud provider side is, is fairly mature. I mean, in terms of it's, you know, it, it's reliable and it's uh, well documented, you know, give or take. But I think that over time, there's going to be a lot more services offered in that environment because they want to, of course, you know, attract business. And so I think that the we will look back in, say, five years at the facilities that are currently available in cloud and look at them as sort of being relatively primitive. I think that we're going to see a transformation of what is cap- what is what is available for us in cloud computing. So, so it's hard to say where we are. Um, we started the journey, but where it's going is yeah, that's a long road. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny how things are really integrated into what we do and what we think and how we perceive yeah. things. So I think folks of a certain age remember when you actually dialed a phone and when mm-hmm. you hung up a phone, right? And now we still use those terms, but it's like, what actually does dialing and hanging up mean? And it seems like right. cloud is that way, where before people were like, what do you mean by in a cloud? But now when you talk about cloud, there's a much better understanding of, oh yeah, it's an off-premise, you know, it could be in multiple areas, things like that. We're just to get that fundamental understanding allows you to then have uh, the next conversation and and to begin implementation. So uh, I'm really curious. uh, I have this next question for you. So if this is what the cloud is, there's a lot of retail executives who are hesitant, right? They're resistant to embrace this change. What can you say to them are the major benefits 
of cloud technology, right? It's a new technology. It's not brand spanking new. But what are the, are the major benefits that uh, retailers have, have realized so far? Barry, if you can take that first. Sure, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot. There's a laundry list of, of benefits to moving to the cloud. And one of the most obvious might be the fact that it, it, it puts your platform in a position of hardware abstraction, really. Uh, you know, we start looking at it in terms of infrastructure as code. It's all scriptable. It's more dynamic in nature. So, you know, we're used to doing software installs where you have to go to a physical computer on a rack and you insert some sort of media. You, you wait for the process to, to go through. And you have to have a very experienced technician in order to get into that environment and work with that, right? So um, when you start talking cloud, it's more you sign into a dashboard or a web interface and you manipulate hardware assets and infrastructure through a console or through a, a, a UI that you know is, is much simpler for the average technical person to work with. Once you're familiar with what the controls are, you can do that. So for, for hardware abstraction, you know, a cloud has their own need for efficiencies. And really, if you're working with your own hardware, you've purchased something, you've established how that's all configured, and you don't mess with it that much. And if you do, you have to be very careful how you change it. Whereas that's part of the problem with rapid pace to deployment is that if you change how your business operates, you have to then you know, look at your infrastructure and say, well, I've got a roadblock because I can't change this and here's the effects that would be caused by a change. And cloud allows you to dynamically allocate and roll out and, and work with that infrastructure, but never actually physically interact with it, right? It takes that, that extra step away. And then because of the need for efficiency, the cloud providers have vast amounts of computing power and storage and everything else that goes with it for networking and security. So it's more scalable. There's more facilities for disaster recovery. You know, the network and security side is covered by the cloud providers to a certain degree. So that takes the pressure off. Uh, there's there's monitoring of the systems. You know, if you have your own infrastructure, you also have people looking over it, making sure that it's not running out of disk. CPUs aren't overloaded. You know, the cloud providers have all that as a service for you, and the, the brains to do that is built in. So you can tweak the rules behind what you want to look for and when you want to be notified, but it's that simple, right? It takes a lot of that pressure off. And then, you know, when you start looking at the services, you know, there's things like data warehousing and the database management, artificial intelligence, uh, and the fact that you're leasing the environment as opposed to owning it in many cases means you can change your mind. You know, I, I went out and got a car last year and uh, I was shopping around and I was trying to decide, do I want to buy one or do I want to, you know, lease one? And I have always historically bought my cars. So my mindset going in is that I'm going to buy this and if I want to get my value out of it, I'm going to keep it for as long as possible. And I'm going to ride it and I'll pay all the bills for service. I'll make sure that it's just humming along and when it dies, I'll go find something else. Last year, in the middle of the COVID crisis, I decided I'm going to get my first lease vehicle. And now I've completely swung to the opposite viewpoint is that, hey, every few years, I can get a completely new car and I can change my, my priorities. So if my point in life is different and my priorities are different, I can get a different car. Same thing with the cloud and infrastructure. If you lock yourselves into a purchased set of equipment, 
your mindset is different than if you're leasing. When leasing, you can say, oh, you know, every so often when my term comes up, I'm going to rethink what I'm doing here. And you can reprioritize and reconfigure. And because the infrastructure is provided to you by someone else and maintained by someone else, they're, they're taking all that, that pressure away for how that all works. And you just decide what you want to allocate and how you're going to use it. So it's a big, big change in mindset. And I think you know, cloud enables you to change what you're doing more than anything else. Um, and and that's, that's the view I take, is I think of it in terms of a car lease versus a purchase, because it's a very clear depiction of, of how you as a user of that um, really perceives how it's going to be uh, utilized and the longevity and what you're trying to squeeze out of the lifetime of that equipment. So uh, di completely different approach. Yeah, I, I've been writing down a lot of what you're saying, but part of what you summed up is it can be more powerful, more flexible, and then also predictable from an expense standpoint, because like you said, here was your plan for the car. Well, what if you wreck your car or what if the transmission goes on it, right? Or some unforeseen thing, then you're right. in a real spot where you're not able to to get anywhere. And from a cloud retail standpoint, it's not like, you know, a retailer can say, hey, we're going to shut down for a few days or give us some time. You've got to be able got to be able to pivot. So great list. Yeah. Jeff, what would you add uh, to that list in terms of major benefits of cloud technology for retailers? Uh, I'd say it's a um, it provides the ability to focus on your core business. So a lot of the people we speak to in retail have an alarming familiarity with uh, tech. Whereas, you know, I mean, if, if your job is to sell things, you shouldn't have an expert's understanding of, you know, uh, OS levels and, and sort of how hardware all works. It seems like, you know, that, that the, the fundamentals of your business should be focused more on actually what your core business strategy is. So this is sort of a road to help that. I'd say um, avoidance of calamity. So if, I, if I'm delegating my services to someone whose sole job is to make sure that those services are reliable, it's not the case that, you know, if, if I'm hosting systems on-prem, it might be that I've overlooked uh, you know, some disaster recovery mechanics or, you know, overlooked getting a uh, patch in place that creates a vulnerability for me. So all of that, you know, I can I can rest easy in the with my systems in the cloud to a degree in terms of, you know, understanding that at least they're not going to be, um, you know, taken over or, or, or they're going to fall off the face of the earth. Um, also, I think that what this provides is visibility and accountability. The reason people are so um, read in on technology that are in the retail business is because they need to be. They need to understand their business and the technology platforms are crucial to delivering that. And so their ability to understand that is limited by the, you know, the existing communication paths within your organization. So if you have, if you're delegating that out to somebody, you can hold them accountable for, um, you know, making sure that the systems are reporting appropriately. If it's something in-house, it might just not rise to the level of, you know, requiring that uh, visibility and, you know, in a in a circumstance under which that's necessary, it becomes a challenge. Got it. Very good. I have to say you had me at alarming familiarity, right? <laughs> uh, you know, it's just, it really is a problem because like really you going back to Barry's car analogy, if somebody says, I am really, really good at tinkering with my car and fixing my car and solving all the problems. It's like, 
well, should you really be, right? Should you be having problems so often that you build up that skill? And that is not a skill that a retailer should have, right? Evidence of having right. that skill shows that you've got a problem. You need somebody uh, uh, to do that. I remember early on in my career, uh, we had a technology purchasing uh, committee and the owner told me, you know, a lot of IT is not reliable technology. He said a refrigerator, that's reliable technology. You don't need to hire somebody to watch your refrigerator, make sure that it runs, right? And so with cloud technology, you can outsource a lot of those things. Not that problems won't happen, but you're paying a monthly fee to make sure that everything stays up and running and there's all sorts of backup and, and redundancy there. I guess, am I, am I explaining that the right way? Happy to have either one of you take that. No, I think Go that's ahead. absolutely true. I, I think, I think actually, Oh, sorry. Just so paradoxically, ahead, pe people who have um, people who have this alarming familiarity sometimes, you know, that is a portion of their hesitancy to move um, because they they're masters of their domain, right? They they understand all this tech, and so it's like, well, wait a minute. If I'm delegating that, does my value that I'm providing sort of, is that reduced? And so sometimes you need to sort of walk people through how they can how they're going to be, you know, valuable in the in the new landscape. Because I mean, there's there's that concern too, it, it, which is which is real. I mean, if people have sort of, you know, built up this expertise in terms of how I can make the 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 retail operation systems run really well, if someone else is going to do that, it's like, well, then what's my role around here? And and that's a valid point. I mean, we can we can help people set a C because there's always, you know, there's always room for people who are competent and able to understand the tech. It's just that you don't have to. Just, understand it at the level at which you're currently operating. Right, well said. Barry, what would you, what did you want to add to this uh, in terms of, you know, wrap us up on benefits of cloud technology? Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say the uh, the other thing is it's it's sometimes better to be uh, compatible, I guess you'd say, or and not unique because the amount of overhead to manage an environment that is unique can put a burden on all your partners as well, right? So, so we see that being in that position in many cases where if we have to deliver into very customized, very specialized environment, there's a lot more time and effort put into predicting what's going to happen, analyzing in advance, reproducing the environment to make sure things are going to work. With cloud, it really standardizes a lot of the services, a lot of the implementations, uh, and it forces the architecture to fit. Right, so so there's ways to you know, like we talk about migrating cloud. It's it's called lift and shift, right? So getting a, a platform originally into the cloud is one thing, uh, but you know having it into a standard kind of infrastructure environment and having all the gateways between things um, in a very standardized way makes it so that you know there's there's more efficiency for everyone involved, and it really makes things simple and. You know, we recently did an analysis of some of our, our time spent on customer projects, and I heard that we were spending 65% of our overall effort with one environment just because it's on-premise and it's unique. And that is something that makes us less efficient. So when we can standardize anything, we do. And that's, that's a big part of gaining efficiencies across the board. And the end result is the, the people that work with us are going to see the benefits and the same thing is true of us working with clouds as we see the benefits interfacing with a very standardized, common, uh, well-known, well-defined interface to all of that environment. Uh, so it takes away a lot of it. And the other side of it is when you think in terms of hardware, 
an on-prem environment, you're you're negotiating with vendors as far as what the licenses are and what the the agreements for support are for those particular products. And you don't have that with cloud. Someone else is dealing with, you know, making sure they can get the best possible deal on a new equipment purchase. And how do they work with those vendors and manufacturers for supporting that? That's all taken away. So it, there's there's just so much benefit to being able to put, as Jeff was saying, you know, the right the right focus on what you do as a business. And a retailer should not have to, you know, focus so much on IT that they're spending that much time and effort, you know, maintaining it. So it's a big deal. Yeah, and retail is so uh, competitive now, and it's so tough to to you know to be able to move your business forward. The less time you spend on your IT, the more time you're able to spend moving your business uh, forward. So, all right. So, folks are listening to us and they're like, "Okay, that all sounds good, but let's, you know, right size it for them in terms of it's not Shangri-La." So, for the retailers who start moving down the path to the cloud, what pitfalls do both of you see that they need to avoid? What are the most common or most painful mistakes that you've seen based on your experience, Jeff? If you could take that first. Sure. Um, yeah, I think I think one of the common things that happens is that um, you get seduced by the tech. You you see all these services that are available to you, and it's like, yeah, I want it all right now. And so you you know bite off um, too much of a project, and you end up you know either either it goes nowhere or it sort of um, loses momentum. And so I mean we we see that a lot uh, of, of people who sort of start start a migration with sort of modest goals. And then as they encounter things that, you know, they've, they've always had this itch and here's the, you know, here, here's the thing that can scratch it. And so I want that and I want this. And so really the, what require what's required in terms of a, an approach is always prudence. You got to make sure first, just, you know, get the technology, get the, get the systems moved over. Even if it's just all you're using in, in terms of cloud technology is just hosting. So your your first tech the first move is just a lift and shift. There will be time, I promise you, to start taking advantage of all the uh, facilities that are available in cloud computing. And so I think a lot of times people just get too ambitious. They you know they there are problems that are intractable when you're working. You know you have a small on-premise system. You're not happy with the reporting. You're not happy with the integration. Everything takes so long. And so these problems you know, are with you all the time and there seems to be solutions to them. But I think people get seduced in, at, at how easy that might be. Um, and especially I think that that is, um, that's true when the people who are helping you get to the cloud um, don't have retail experience. There are some things about retail that are, that are um, not true in other verticals. And so it is helpful to find people who sort of have made this path, you know, gone down this path before that'll understand you know, what your concerns are and things that maybe from a, um, from a compliance or, or security standpoint that are important to do that wouldn't otherwise be. Um, I think a lot of, uh, you know, a corollary to that is, you know, you think you have to get it right as soon as it gets up there. And so you spend a lot of time, you know, tuning the knobs and making sure that all the scaling is right and everything's going, it's like, no, it just has to be better than what you've got now. <laughs> I would say, you know, just just start somewhere. So again, it's just, you know, try and try and tip your, you know, try try and get yourself a little bit into the into the environment because once you do, it'll have a momentum of its own. I mean, there it will become clear, 
you know, where to go next. It'll once once you're in there, you can make decisions. But until you can, until you are, you know, operationally in the cloud, there's a lot of things that aren't available to you. So my advice is always just, you know, I understand you have a lot of priorities and needs, and this seems like you're not really gaining any business benefits. So this is where it's important to get, you know, buy-in from all your C-level um, uh, managers is make sure that everybody understands that you're not going to see the good stuff right away. All you're going to do is, you know, you're just positioning yourself to make um, moves in the future. But what you want to do first is just make those possible. And as more often than not, failures come from this from this approach is, you know, I've got, I've got to deliver benefit in this quarter. And so I've got to get some more things in here. And then you end up, you know, yeah. So, so there, there's a lot, yeah. there's a lot of carcasses on this road. <laughs> Unfortunately, but it sounds like part of what you're talking about is having the goal of <clears throat> as long as we're better next quarter than we were this quarter. Not that we have to solve all the problems right away. So that seems to be one of the principles. The other one is avoiding scope creep. Right when you start something, the scope is narrow, and then somebody says, "Well, we should do this and this and this," and then that scope gets so wide, it's just unwieldy, and it takes way, way too long to implement it. So it sounds like you're saying, start where you're standing, move forward. Don't feel like you have to, you know, boil the ocean, or from our standpoint, boil Lake Erie, uh, all in one, uh, one spot. Do it one, uh, one large pot uh, at a time to to keep using that analogy. So, uh, Barry, what are the pitfalls you're seeing? Yeah, so I would definitely agree with what Jeff had to say is that, you know, trying to bite off more than you could chew essentially is as part of the migration. Now, in many cases, people are, are scared to begin with about moving a platform at all. So sometimes that's not really the issue, but having a good roadmap and knowing where you're leading is probably a better way to plan it out and, and really understanding what benefits you want to take advantage of from a cloud perspective over time. You know, obvious stuff up front would be things like your disaster recovery, your backups, your security. You know, anytime you're putting a, a, an infrastructure to, into a new environment, those are things you have to consider as part of your initial, you know, lift and shift. You want to make sure you're secure and, and you have a disaster recovery plan and you need to work with the, the cloud provider and your vendors to make sure you, you have that well thought out uh, because, um, you know, it's, it's really easy to overlook if you just assume that, you know, the platform is going to move as is, therefore it's much the same. Well, there are things you should do within the cloud right away from those perspectives to make sure that you're in a good place from, from the beginning. And then, you know, when it comes to uh, moving all this and, and, and avoiding pitfalls, it's, it's also just a matter of just understanding what's available, right? So uh, if I'm going to take advantage of these on my roadmap, why am I doing that? What benefits am I going to get? You know, what what are the the different approaches I can take? Because as as we alluded to earlier, there's so many different services available that you know you could get enticed by. Um, some of those you want to research and and plan ahead and and interact with people to understand how it might fit. And uh, you know, a good example would be a microservices architecture. Uh, you know, we've seen people where they've tried to take a monolithic application. We've done the same thing, taking monoliths and putting them into the cloud. That's possible, but the the tendency to try to you know split that apart and modularize it and make it more efficient is is uh, something you don't want to take on right away. You want to get that monolith in place. You want to make sure everything's humming and it's it's very reliable and stable as part of that transition. 
and being able to cut off from a production environment that's on-prem to a production environment in the cloud has to be seamless, right? The business still has to function. So moving it across is, is, is also that checkpoint to say, I'm here, now I'm running over here, I can get rid of all this other infrastructure uh, and then start living in this world. And cloud is a pay-per-use kind of environment. You're, you're paying for what you use as opposed to having overpowered systems sitting there idle most of the time. You know, um, retail is a, quite often a seasonal or a, a peaks and valley kind of business. And, you know, in a very fixed architecture, you'd have to plan well ahead to make sure you have enough compute power for those peaks. And as such, you've got infrastructure that most of the year is sitting there, low CPU, it's not taking advantage of the investment. Uh, cloud promises, you know, that one of the big pitches for cloud is, hey, you're going to pay for what you actually use and nothing more. Uh, so that's also part of, you know, the tendency is for someone to look at that and say, oh, well, I, right away from day one, I want to be paying for what I'm using and nothing else. That also has a transition period where the lift and shift is, is likely going to take physical hosts and represent them as virtual hosts. You're going to take your storage and equate it to the same in the cloud and get it up and running. But over time, you can start looking at the usage patterns from the cloud interfaces, identify where you could leverage uh, some of the cloud tech to take advantage of more dynamic uh, hardware allocation, more efficient CPU usage, and reduce your data volumes to only what's really needed and make them more flexible in terms of capacity. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that you, you have with, you know, a hard drive or a, a firewall, a router, all the things you're managing yourself, that's where, you know, the lift and shift approach really needs to take it as is, understand what the possibilities are, and then evolve. Yeah, get out of the guessing game, get out of the prediction game, because we all know how that goes. When you're right, you're like actually surprised, like, ooh, I actually got this one right. Just get something that's able to adapt uh, yeah. with what you need. So, all right, gentlemen, so this is the first ever uh, episode that we've done, but I can promise you what we're going to do in the future. This is going to be my uh, one prediction that I can, uh, I can hang my hat on. So each episode of this series is going to deliver not just great information, but actionable information to our listeners and viewers, right? Actions that they can go and take. So what would you each recommend would be the first steps or next steps you recommend to retailers related to cloud technologies? Uh, Barry, you first, and then Jeff, if you can wrap us up. Sure. I'd say, you know, first of all, if you're considering a, a cloud migration, you need to talk to your vendors to find out if there's already some cloud offerings, some, some SaaS models available for those, those products and services. Uh, work with your partners, your system integrators. Uh, understand the technology stack that you're dealing with and all the various components that are going to have to potentially move or things that could remain as is as parts of the system move to the cloud. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Uh, so you can move parts of the workload into the cloud environment and still talk to the uh, existing ecosystem. So that's that's pretty key uh, you know, thing to understand as you start to engage uh, your vendors and your partners. And you know, getting documentation, all that uh, upfront is really helpful. Right. So it's the first questions they're going to have is, well, what are we moving? How does it tick? How does it all connect? And having that understanding and that documentation available to provide to that conversation is key. Um, you know, and then, as we know, retail is is a, a, a very unique business. And there's a lot of customizations and workflows from one retailer to the next. Uh, so even a standardized system is going to have so many 
toggles and switches and workflows that are very unique to each business. Having a very clear understanding of that and being able to communicate that is important because you don't want to lose that in a transition to a cloud environment. You want to make sure all that is retained and fits in nicely with the plan. Great. So Jeff Barry said, lean on your vendors, develop a plan, make sure it's documented, and also understand those nuances. What actions would you recommend uh, to our listeners today about their transition? Uh, I'd say, by and large, the the most successful um, cloud transformations are one in which you know all your business units are aligned. We've seen this a number of times where it's a tech initiative, and so everyone just sort of you know is looking at the you know IT department and just okay, you guys are doing something. But you really have to, because there are going to be necessary, um, you know, I won't call them compromises, but you have to make rational decisions as you go. And so there's going to be impacts felt across your uh, enterprise. So make sure that everybody is sort of bought in and sort of understands the, um, uh, you know, both the costs and benefits of this transformation. Like Barry was talking about, you know, retail seems very much to be, you know, where um, there's a lot of customizations and specializations. Well, that doesn't, you know, those, those when, they're, when you're living in an environment where it's only um, you and your private hosting, those, become, those are much less invasive and, and expensive than if you're, you know, buying off the shelf software and trying to make changes to that. Um, so, you know, there are compromises that might have to be made. So make sure that everybody across your business understands where you're going and sort of knows that they're, you know, it, it might not be everything you want, but there are a world of opportunities that are going to be opened up to you in addition. Uh, I'd also say um, people maybe um, don't realize that they're making decisions that are going to um, uh, prescribe their ability to move from cloud vendor to cloud vendor. And so, you know, there's all this nice menu of, of options for you to take advantage of. And it's totally fine to, you know, put yourself um, embed yourself with a particular cloud provider. It's just you should be cognizant of that. Make sure that you're making those decisions with the eyes wide open. A lot of times, um, people will make a bunch of decisions and then sort of, you know, I want to change direction in terms of my uh, cloud environment because someone else has some services that I'd like to take advantage of. It's like, well, you know, that's not as easy as it might have been had you made some different decisions. So I think just um, as always, you know, it, it's it's prudence. It's finding um, finding good partners who can um, provide you with support through this. I think making sure that uh, your vendors are cooperative. So I, I think I'd reiterate what Barry said, but just also from a you know, business um, um, culture perspective, make sure that um, everyone's everyone knows where you're going and sort of you know that they're enticed enough by what you can promise them that they can live with maybe some short-term you know, displacement or discomfort. Sure, yeah, you're gonna have that uh, when you transition to something better, uh, you're, you're gonna have some of that. So, well, gentlemen, that was great information. I'll say just to put a period on this, our original question was, should retailers fear or embrace cloud migration? Seems like the conclusion is embrace because of all the tangible benefits that you're able to realize. And then the pitfalls are clearly uh, avoidable if you're partnering with the right person, having the right plan and moving forward. So thanks so much for that. Well, that does it for this episode of the Red Iron Retail Roundtable. We hope you enjoyed our discussion. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the 
Red Iron YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. Just go to YouTube and search for Red Iron Retail to find us. Before we go, big thanks again to Jeff and Barry for sharing their wisdom with us today. Gentlemen, great job. Thanks also to Red Iron Marketing Director Jeff Williamson for his production work. And last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. For more information on retail technology best practices, please visit the Red Iron website at RedIronTech.com. Thanks again for listening and goodbye, everybody.